Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. With me today uh, is a very special guest. I am super excited to have this person on. They are an actor. Um, they do an amazing podcast, which has a variety of things that are involved in it. Uh, there's so many things I could talk about, but really, I just want to get to them. So, yeah, if you would like to introduce yourself. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Jasper William Cartwright. I am one third of the Three Black Halflings podcast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm an actor. Um, and uh, it's I'm out here doing doing stuff. It's good fun. <laughs> doing the stuff. Doing the yeah. Stuff. Um, I it makes I uh, just thinking about this, like it makes me laugh that I still try to introduce people as a mystery, even though their names totally on the uh, show. Notes, but, <laughs> um, you know, here we are. Yeah, I, I think started I did this way. I can't thing. take it back. <laughs> I do the same thing. Where I like pretend at the beginning of the pod. I'm like pretend that they're not uh, that everyone already doesn't know. You know what I mean? We're, <laughs> yeah. we're just having like a normal pod, and then I'm like, but today, everyone, <laughs> and it's like well, we know. Yeah, we know. It's all good. Yeah, it, it needs to have some kind of something. So it needs uh, some build up. For me. It'd be weird to just be like, so yeah, what's up? Uh, you know, just just to drop it, slide it in so casually. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So where I always like to get started, um, because obviously anybody who's listening to my show knows I'm a fan of Three Black Halflings, um, and we've had Jeremy on, so we kind of talked a little bit about that, but we're going to talk about all that again from your perspective, because I, you know, I, I can imagine that those things are different, but where mm. I always start is how did you get into nerd stuff? Yeah. How did I get into nerd stuff? I remember, um, probably yeah very early on just feeling like i wanted to be in and escape into other worlds and other okay. things i was yeah. fascinated by um like whenever i imagined like lord of the rings or something i was mm -hmm. in lord of the rings yeah. you know if i read a book uh like his dark materials i was in his dark materials you know like i always imagined myself in place of like a character or something mm -hmm. and like i used to do 
me and my friends when we were like uh, a lot younger used to stay up like all night pretending we were at Hogwarts or <laughs> you know what I mean like just yeah. and just being at school uh, and whatever and um I th I think that's kind of where it bore out really was just that I was always fascinated by other worlds and how cool they seemed compared to like the boring world that I lived in <laughs> yeah um and I think part of that stems I grew up in like a, a super white like middle class uh community and I think I just inherently even though I didn't understand it just felt a little bit outside of it yeah like I just felt a little bit like huh it, it's weird this doesn't feel it didn't feel like home you know mm -hmm. what I mean um mm -hmm. and so I think there was just always a fascination with wanting to escape into other worlds and so uh my mom would used to read me books and stuff obviously like every kid of my generation was fascinated and in love with Harry Potter um and i think it just kind of spiraled out of control from there really. <laughs> yeah. um uh yeah and then i think yeah and then like superheroes very quickly became like the main um superheroes and games very quickly became the main for me and i was like okay this is what i want to do the rest of my life i just want to be a superhero and play video games Maybe that could be my superhero power. Like, honestly, I think if you'd have asked like 13 year old me, that legitimately would have been like, oh, you can have any superpower. I'd have been like, yeah, I want the superpower to play video games when you roll. Yeah. Like, I want to be the best video game player in the world. <laughs> I always wanted like an air punch where you could just like punch in a direction and just, boof, you know, hit like oh, a. <laughs> nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we used yeah, to imagine yeah. doing that like in traffic, which is so terrible. But um, I mean, when <laughs> you're a kid, you don't actually have. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's exactly. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's so fine. Um, oh, another thing as well. This is quite a funny little anecdote. I used to have a, a stick, which uh, I. To, to this day i swear is unbreakable was unbreakable yeah um i found it one day me and my friends always used to go around and, like collecting and trying to find like swords uh yeah. in the in the forest and i um i swear this stick was unbreakable man i gave it everything i whacked it against every tree <laughs> i smashed it against other friends sticks and i broke everyone's stick and everyone was so jealous of my stick <laughs> and i remember the that being genuinely I was like in the corner of my room. I even like whittled it so it like had like it, it kind of had like a handle where like there was still yeah. bark on it and yeah. stuff. And I remember genuinely looking over at that like multiple nights and being like, I think I might be the chosen one because like this stick is <laughs> like <laughs> this stick is like yeah like called to me and I found it. You know yeah. this unbreakable <laughs> and the balance was man. I miss that stick. You know I'm, this is getting me upset now because I miss that stick so. Much. It's good that you tested other people's because I was going to ask you if it was just your strength score being low. And, uh... Nah, but that's the thing, man. Like, <laughs> other people were attacking me and breaking their stick. I remember once I got injured, like, my head started bleeding because someone cracked a stick over my head, like, went to crack it, and I blocked it with my stick, yeah. but it broke in half and then smashed me on the head. So, like, my stick was much more uh, impervious to damage than I was. Yeah. Than my yeah. ass head. <laughs> You gave it all up. You could have yep. been king of England, and you you left your stick in your. <laughs> you know what house. I mean? Maybe I could have been. Honestly, maybe I could have been. Like it wasn't that far away, and I I chose to do this instead. <laughs> uh, you're a hero for sure. Um, so where did where in uh, in England did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up in the south of England. Uh, in uh, I was born in a place called Crawley, but I grew up in a place just next door to it called Horsham, uh, which is for any 
anyone who's not based in uh, the south of England and knows where those two very specific <laughs> locations are, um, are sandwiched in between Brighton and London. Okay. Uh, so if you have a general idea of where Brighton and London are, it's like bang, slap bang in the middle. Uh, the reason, in fact, it was called the place is called Horsham is because mm. it quite literally used to be where horses would stop on the <laughs> way from the south coast to London. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's called Horsham. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Little fact about the most white middle class place you could possibly conceive. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was in college, I dated a, a girl whose last name was Canham. Can, uh, mm. can ham and my dad was like can ham like he's like that's <laughs> creative i was like yeah, i don't know dad i don't know how to tell you um yeah, that but, was just like really like yeah really just, just double checking not to be old-fashioned but she's taking your name right like i'm just you know what i mean i'm not throwing shade but i don't know if i want you to be a canon <laughs> yeah uh yeah well that did, that relationship didn't last long so um but it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm married. I've been married for 10 years, so I, I can't complain. Yeah, I guess you got uh, over it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, At least I hope yeah, you did. Otherwise, I did, yeah. Boy. <laughs> right. It'd be awkward. Um, but yeah, so, you know, one of the things you talked about was the escaping. Um, mm. And you talked a, a little bit about that, like, the, you know, what kind of might have set that apart. What was it like for you growing up there and having um, and being like somebody in a largely white community who was mm. not white? Yeah, it was it was funny because um, so I think the interesting thing about that particular scenario was that I didn't notice it for a long, long time because it was just I didn't have any other frame of reference. Mm -hmm. um, I I remember I went to nursery with one Chinese kid uh, called Simon and mm. um, we instantly formed a bond, but we didn't really know why. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we uh, me and Simon then went to like primary school. I think there was like a there was one other uh, mixed race black girl in my uh, class at primary school, and then in my secondary school, I went to an all boys secondary school. Uh, it wasn't like a private school or anything fancy like that. It was yeah. just Horsham's a weird place. Um, <laughs> and there was a little girl school down the road. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> um, Victorian uh, values at their best. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess <laughs> girls do better in girls' schools. That's what everyone keeps telling me. Uh, so screw the boys. Um, um, and basically, uh, and then when I went to secondary school, I remember it being, there was literally me, Simon, and then there was two kids for, of um, Middle Eastern descent. And that was, and they were like brothers, brothers. And that was it. Mm. Um, and it was, and I think it was one of those things where I realized as soon as I left, I realized all these like coping mechanisms and stuff that I had, right? Yeah. Where like, I was, I think the, I think that's the reason I became an actor ultimately, because mm. I was so used to like being, in and around the center of attention or yeah. having at least attention brought to me, whether I kind of wanted to it or not. Mm -hmm. um, and then just be playing the part was so much easier than like trying to hide. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, that's a really good point. I did. I, I don't think I ever really thought about that, but like, especially in a similar situation um, to yours, like being one of the very few black kids in the school, it was like, even if you were like myself, like an introvert, like people were going to show up and like talk to you mm. and not always in the best way. Um, yeah. But you couldn't really, avoid, it's not like you could just hide. Like being yeah. the quiet kid didn't help. You were just weird because mm. you were black and quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't, I just, I, I, I not to lean into any stereotypes or, or whatever, but like 
generally black people are not quiet people <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. we are yeah. loud expressive yeah. uh you know uh people and i think it uh there is something slightly innate in that like i think there's got to be a reason why when you get a bunch of people in the room the decibels just go through the roof do you know what yeah. i mean I don't, yeah. I don't think it's um yeah. uh i don't think it's a coincidence but yeah it was it, that was exactly it. it was just it was so hard to avoid that scenario it was so yeah. hard to avoid the scenario and you went well if I play the part, then I don't get questions and maybe eventually they get bored and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing. Um, so yeah. So when we, when we talked, we were talking off air and one of the things that we talked about was like having to qualify uh, our blackness. And ah. um, I'm curious, you know, in that situation, um, cause it sounds like you weren't really aware of it, but like, did other kids kind of force awareness on you at all? Like, were they ever like, hmm. why aren't you like, you know, Steve Urkel or whatever, like, <laughs> yeah, Steve <laughs> that was Urkel. the first yeah, black yeah, person yeah. I could think of from like, yeah, that yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was Lenny Henry or something like yeah. that probably for, for me. Um, yeah, this was a big one. And the, it, I remember the, I, again, I didn't really know why I hated it, mm-hmm. but I always used to hate it. And it used to make me feel genuinely as a kid, like it was like the first time I remember feeling like genuinely so down. I would say like, I was like borderline depressed whenever I got this question, I would just feel so terrible about myself yeah which was that um i always used to get white kids saying to me oh but you're not really black mm. ah man it used to like cut me deep you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean it used to For be sure. like because i was black enough to be good at dancing or to have cool hair or yeah. to do you know what I mean? But when it like counted or when for some, like in their metric, do you know what I mean? Their kind of made up mental metric. It, it wasn't like enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember it ingrained in me for the longest time that I couldn't then interact with black people in the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it made me weird around other black people because yeah. I would be like, oh, I need to like show that I'm actually not black. I'm white. You know what yeah, I mean? I, yeah. I I was like, I was brought up by white people and, and I thought I, I feel like I'm, you know what I mean? And it, it gave me such a complex. Yeah. Which genuinely I didn't start to get over till A, I moved to London. That was like the first level. And then two, genuinely starting through Black Halflings, the show. Yeah. You know, uh, that whole kind of summer of 2020 and kind of all of everything that came with it and just sort of being like, I need to stop being scared that someone's going to call me out for not being black enough. Like I choose to identify how the fuck I want to choose to identify. And that is what is important to me is that, that, that this is something that I feel is me. Do you know what I mean? Like this, like these are like, and I think the best way I've always had it in my head is I don't care if you don't think I'm black. Everybody else does. Yeah. I've always been treated like I am black throughout my entire life. Right. There has never been, a scenario in which I've walked into a room full of white people and everyone's just been like, oh, another person. Yeah. I was always like, no, he's brown. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. that's always been the case. So therefore, like, it's been impossible for me to ignore it or do you know what I mean? I feel like, and I, I know a lot of the, I feel like I have a lot of the same experiences as, as people of color and, you know, uh, and so I'm interested, like, how, how, how did you find it? Because I feel like that, the idea of qualifying for me really came from that, like that question feels like there was other stuff, but that question really felt like the root cause for me that gave me such a insecurity about like, am I black enough? I yeah. literally wrote a stand up show in drama school called, am I black enough? Like a, <laughs> like a stand up comedy set yeah. called, am I black enough? 
Wow. And I have a funny bit, which maybe I'll do, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's similarly, um, it, it definitely came on earlier for me. Uh, I remember it had to be like maybe middle school even when it kind of first started to happen and then early early high school, definitely. Uh, before that, I didn't really think about it. Um, I knew uh, other black kids because I originally lived in a city. Um, and then when I moved to the country, it, it you know, the population decreased, but I just hung out with like whoever, whoever was my mm-hmm. friends, uh, white kids, Mexicans, Native Americans, like I was just whoever. Um, but yeah, definitely in middle school, I think was around the time that uh, like cable television, MTV was taken off, BET, stuff like that. So there was a lot of like ways for white kids to observe black culture through the lens of yes BET and and stuff mm. like that and and then say oh that's what black is and so you are not that cuz i was that. always like same like you know i was a, i was a big reader um i didn't wear like baggy clothes uh you know i i grew up with my mom who's white and so i didn't like talk with uh av accent um you know how what many I mean? times legit question how many times do you have to explain that you can't rap Oh, I, <laughs> like, have you lost count? Because yeah. I, I lost count a long time ago. I was like, yeah. listen to me. I sound like uh, like a, a white TV presenter from like the 1950s or something. I can clearly I could not rap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That and basketball here um, is a huge thing. Yes. And so that was oh, another yeah, like, yes. oh, like, you know, you could pick me first for sports, but like you might not like your result if we're playing basketball. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so it was one of those things that, um, yeah. And then like, we, you know, it came on to the uh, situation of like, you know, kids pouring water on my hair to see if it would bounce off or yep. like or touching my hair or uh asking just stupid questions like the dumbest questions and i was i was becoming more and more aware that like i couldn't react with violence i couldn't show that yes. i was upset because i was gonna violence. get in in yeah, more trouble yeah. uh mm-hmm. you know i would be um i would be the one that that became uh the perpetrator in that situation. Yes. Um, and that really came to a head when I was in high school, my junior year, uh, my cousin and I, um, and my brother got jumped by like 15 white guys with Whoa. bats and bricks. It was pretty, oh. yeah, it was super dangerous. Um, we all survived, um, with varying degrees of injury and the cop that showed up to our house attempted to press charges on us for assaulting these guys with bats and bricks when we defended our lives, literally our lives to stay alive. So, Holy shit, my yeah, dude, yeah. So, sorry, um, I don't know. No, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't no, need to clarify if I can cast on this show. No, I'm yeah, so yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, okay, um, fine. Because yeah. holy shit, my dude, that's wild. That's so yeah. wild. Yeah, and so it really was. And so we had to get like the NAACP involved, um, and they were able to like get them to drop the charges against us and stuff. Uh, but I ended up, that's part of why I moved schools, uh, my junior year to the city. Um, it was a really crazy situation. And so, yeah, it was constantly like dealing with that. But that's exactly, that's, that's such a, a great, that's a, a, a better illustration because it's like, no one can ever tell you you're not black when you've been through an experience like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one can ever say to you you're not black enough when you've been through an experience like yeah. that. Like, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I promise you, 
every, all of the bad stuff. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? That comes with being black. I've experienced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. You've experienced. I, yeah, yeah, thank, yeah. Thankfully, I've never experienced that. <laughs> no, and, yeah. that Unfortunately, I, people still do. And, you know, obviously, I wish that nobody else would have to go through things like that or worse. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's similarly like, you know, it, we don't have the option of being like pulled over and being like, well, look, I watch Friends like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like please don't no, please don't I, hurt me yeah, honestly no 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 i drink lattes it's <laughs> yeah pumpkin like, spice latte every day uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. just pull a little blind down and just make a <laughs> skin white for a second oh man that saved lives that invention would save lives honestly yeah uh, so honestly mr officer i promise i'm white. Um, <laughs> yeah i was just going going five over um so <laughs> It's it's a really crazy thing, but yeah, it it, it is fascinating. I think um, because it, it one of the things that I love to show about my show is like you know we all live in our own little bubble, um, mm. and so to see the experiences um, of different places and understand like you know similarly across the world, right? Mm. Like you've gone through uh, similar things in, in dealing with um, kids in your school and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there was there was a lot of bullying, but I mean, that was partly just they, they, they bullied, like people bullied everyone. Um, yeah. But like, I've definitely been through the scenario of coming home and having to be like to my mom, like, hey, what's this word mean? Obviously, it was the N word. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And my That's mom was white as well. So yeah. like, for my mom, I remember that being a really difficult thing like she got mad like yeah. don't get wrong i know a black mom would have got like it yeah. would have got few like do you know what i mean there would have been it would have been bad but it, there was part of me that was like because i've had friends that have had similar experiences and they were like my parents would just kind of sat me down and said look this is gonna happen mm -hmm. you know they weren't like okay with it but my mom was like marching down to the school and i remember being like please mom like this is only gonna make it worse yeah you know but it, to be honest in i didn't realize as well I got a lot of like reverse racism when mm. we were at the when we were at school, where it was a lot of like uh, school, like the, the the kind of the community would be so just like, oh yeah, look, go you, like yeah. look at you trying to make something of yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though society tells you that you really should just be sticking to labor jobs, yeah. you go be an actor. <laughs> yeah, like of course, of course you'll make it. Of course you'll make it. You're brown. Yeah. What? I believed that shit for a long time, man. Yeah. Honestly. I got out of drama school and went, I'm brown and I'm here. And I was like, oh, there's loads of other brown people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought I was going to be the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm here for the job. Um, yeah. For the job. No interview uh, required. You just. Yeah. 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 I was told. I, I was told that uh, Idris is too busy for this one. So I'm assuming. <laughs> It just comes to me. Is that how it yeah. works? <laughs> as much as I love Idris Elba, he does not appear to be too busy for any movie. Uh, much like The Rock, no. they just kind of, yeah, sure, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm yeah. available. Yeah, no, that's funny. Um, so, you know, in the midst of all this, and I know that you've talked about this, what I'm going to ask you specifically on Three Black Halflings, but, um, you know, when did uh, D&D &D or TTRPGs come into your life from there? So... Uh, I played a little bit of D&D when I was younger and I remember I immediately quit. This genuinely happened. I was around, uh, we used to go around a friend's house, play D&D. &D. Uh, it was an out-of-the-box D&D that was run by um, one of my friends' dads mm. and we would always be divvying up characters every single time we did it. Uh, and I always had to be the mage because it was the only black character, even though she was a woman. I was mm. still, it was me. I, 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 that was the only character I was allowed to play. Uh, like you were told that to that was the only thing you allowed to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the other kids, I was told that was the only one. These are my, like, my friends, like, my close friends. They yeah. were like, no, 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 you have to play the mage because she's yeah. black. And I was like, 
And you were like, and they were all like, oh yeah, because you like being black, right? Like that was the kind of, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I, now I think back as well, like what a, what like this, this dad, like what are you doing, my yeah, dude? Like yeah. slap your child and say, no, he can play whatever he wants to play. He does not have to play the, like, don't you, like you were the adult in the scenario and you were there laughing along with your kids while they just casually told me that I wasn't allowed to be anything other than this one brown mage yeah. because of the color of the skin <laughs> wild anyway so that was my first introduction to DD, and you can understand that probably from that point onwards whenever i heard DD, i was like meh i'm yeah. cool yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sounds super white i'm i'm, I'm okay <laughs> yeah um so then uh it literally DD came into my life with uh a along with jeremy cobb uh yeah. he we did a show together um uh we did a show together down in this if I said Horsham was a white middle class area, Sirencester takes the biscuit. It is <laughs> truly like the middle of the countryside, and uh, it is it is all like farmers and 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 whatever. Like the, there's no other jobs there, you know, yeah. other than like shops, like waitrose, like really posh shops and stuff like that. Um, this place in Sirencester, and we had just nothing to do outside of doing the shows. <laughs> and my and Jeremy was like, "Hey, uh, I've just started uh, playing D and D, and I DM." Uh, does anyone would anyone be like down for like playing D and D like since we have nothing to do in our evenings? Uh, and the whole cast was like, "God, please, anything." <laughs> so uh, Jeremy suddenly had to DM for like nine people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So he ended up splitting like two groups. Um. Uh, and then we like eventually got together for like one badass battle. Where we all got together. It was very very cool. Yeah. And we played that, and it was just one of those situations where uh hilariously enough like when i failed the first time when i tried to uh fight some bats while swinging out of a tree and i rolled a nat one <laughs> and ended up getting the rope tied around my foot and ended up swinging for the rest of the battle trying to cut <laughs> myself down and failing uh that was the point i remember being really distinctly being like man this is cool yeah right. <laughs> like i'm beefing it right now but this is really cool yeah, this is so much um uh and so uh, I just sort of knew from that point onwards that I was like, okay, I'm going to get into this. I started listening to uh, the Dungeon Run, uh, mm. Critical Role, that kind of stuff. And eventually I um, started DMing um, and just never really looked back. I was just like, this is this is the best thing ever. And now I think about it pretty much, I don't know, uh, 16 hours out of the day, maybe? Yeah. If yeah. we're being conservative. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah. so was the first time you dm'd was that for jeremy uh, it was for jeremy sides. uh and johnny actually who okay. features yeah, yeah. uh on our actual plays uh a lot of the time uh jonathan charles it was for them too and then we added a few more players and stuff and that's been like a, an ongoing campaign uh which is on a little hiatus at the moment because this weird thing happened where if you start a dnd podcast you play less dnd yeah because <laughs> you have much less time in your evenings where you <laughs> yeah. normally play dnd yeah. uh so especially um, actual plays it seems like people who do actual plays never get oh, to play man. a home game no no because you spend the whole rest of your time editing the actual play yeah. or you know <laughs> planning the actual play or trying to work out diaries for the actual play right uh you know commissioning artwork for the actual play like it, there's so many <laughs> so many jobs that people no one explained to me when i started this <laughs> yep uh yeah so you know when it came to dming like was it was it you that were like i want to try this uh i want to take this on or was that like a push from jeremy to be like hey you should give it a shot 
Hell no. That was definitely Jeremy is the is a is a resident DM it, it, like it, through and through. It's like in his blood. I think yeah. unless you forced him to, he would be always be like, "Yeah, I'll DM." Yeah. Uh, and he's good at it. Like yeah, he's yeah, he's so sure. good at it. But I mean, he's a brilliant player as well. Like a really really brilliant player. And uh, I was I loved having him play in my uh, campaigns. He always pushed the limits. Yeah, it, it always makes me laugh because he's a very unforgiving DM in that he doesn't uh, let you push the limits too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, him as a player, he will <laughs> he'll try any shenanigans and he'll try it. Like he, he'll he'll get away. He'll literally try to get away with murder if he can. Yeah. But no, that was very much just. I was fascinated. I I always loved world building, and I did a lot of um, sort of creative writing and things like that. Yeah. And it just felt like a really fun way for me to extend that basically uh for me to extend my creative writing and kind of world building and the way i looked at it was like oh this gives me like a playground with which to like test ideas and see what narratives see which narratives work and are satisfying and have like a live and interactive audience um and so it kind of started out a little bit like that where i was like oh i have the idea like I i wonder if i could turn this into like uh, a, a comic book or a graphic novel or um you know a novel or whatever you know and i think absolutely that's still on the cards in in that i'd love to to do that i'd love to turn something like this because i think it's such an interesting way of creating um of creating a narrative creating story yeah. uh you know it's really authentic drama tension all this kind of thing is i'm really excited to check out like you know the the critical role tv show because i think yeah. actually I think it's such a fascinating way of making a gen- like genuinely making a TV show. Um, not only because you've got like a baked in audience, but also like so much of the dialogue and the interpersonal relationships and stuff are so authentic because they were lived, you know, to a yeah. certain degree. Um, and so I think that was definitely the, the beginning of the, the DMs journey for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's so cool to see, you know, anytime that comes about, and especially for for yourself, because it's we're talking about a matter of a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, and, yeah. And then you know, professional DM DMing. Oh, for don't don't worry, imposter syndrome is real. <laughs> yeah. It is real, constantly, no, yeah. constantly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, DMing for Nadpod, insane. Yeah, like, I can't believe that happened. Still, that's so cool. Um, yeah, you know, and I think. It, it really is just amazing to see uh, some of that journey. And I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of, you know, jumping out and, and trying and seeing, um, you know, seeing what's out there and kind of putting yourself out there. Um, when it came to to doing that specifically, and especially obviously with the podcast, um, you know, what was kind of that push for you, that inspiration to to take that leap? Um, honestly, boredom. Okay. <laughs> was, hey, that's, was, uh, 2020 you know, created a lot of stuff. So yeah, exactly. Podcast, I should say, to clarify. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, and just like a lot of creative projects in general, I think yeah. were probably born. Uh, you know, I think the amount of people would be like, well, I had this idea in 2020. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, yeah, there wasn't much else to do. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it was, it was part boredom. It was partly because me and Jeremy used to just sit talking about D&D for like three hours after we'd finished playing, yeah. uh, like on a regular basis. And um, it just felt like a natural progression. I love talking. I yeah. just find it like a, I love having, well, I know I love having conversations with people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, I like having conversations. I've always been obsessed with conversations um, and just sort of, expressing a, an opinion in that moment 
and that being like your truth then and it's okay if that changes and it's do you know what i mean and i and i think i was always drawn to podcasts and i always liked the idea of having a podcast um and then so yeah we i was also doing voice i wanted to get into voice acting and i was trying to get into voice acting at the time so i was like do you know what i well me and jeremy did record the infamous two black halflings episode <laughs> where it was me and jeremy i recorded on my phone uh which was just like on like a bed i was sat on and I kept moving it around and putting it underneath the sheets and stuff because it would distract me. And then I, five minutes later, I'm like, oh my God, I'm recording onto it. Uh, and Jeremy had his had a fan in the room and was blowing directly into his mic. Uh, so like, it truly is like the most God awful yeah. uh, thing that you can imagine. And then I bought a mic like a week later and was like, Jeremy, let's try it again. And then it was happenstance that that night I was talking to my uh, fiance Jade and uh, and was sort of going, oh, I uh, I wonder if we should have a third person. Like, it feels like it would be a good dynamic to have three people on this thing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there was just a, an image of uh, Unati uh, drying uh, their hair extensions out in the sun whilst planning a D and D session. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna ask Unati. Like, we went to drama school together, and uh, I know this will be fun, so I'm just gonna see. And they were like, yeah, sure. I'll come and record this like one thing with you this one afternoon. <laughs> Little did they know, uh, <laughs> right. you know, what it would end up being. Uh, and, and yeah, it just, it was just the most, it's just been the most wild experience. Yeah. Um, and I think and this is going to sound like, un no, I hope it doesn't come across as ungrateful, but like, it feels so like anticlimactic in the sense of the amount of success we've had, mm -hmm. but because it's still like all online. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like a vision, I think, of like having a degree of success in like this industry or in any industry where you kind of like get in a room full of people and they all kind of go, way, good job. Like you've <laughs> yeah. done it. You've, yeah. You're here. You made it, you know? Yeah. And that's just like, that's still like a year or two off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because of like pandemics and, and all kinds of stuff. And so there's this weird thing of like not really knowing, I guess what the, the what it does, is it, it's meant that it, we've not really known the the me we've not really had like a measure of success we've not yeah. felt like there's been like a moment where we went damn we're here we did it you know what yeah. i mean where i think outside of lockdown we'd have 100 percent had that experience already yeah um uh, uh and and so yeah it's just yeah a, a very i don't know if that was the original question i think no, i rambled yeah. on a, a <laughs> bit longer but yeah um no i think i think too like i can i can envision uh i've never been to a con because um that's a lot of people but yeah. Um, yeah, man. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I could envision uh, Three Black Halflings booth at like PAX or something. Which would being be wild, a hugely right? successful, mm. like people would love to see you. Cause you, um, I mean, you know, yeah. And, 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 insofar as like, uh, the people that I know in the community, everybody is a fan of your show. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, but I can see what you're saying. Like it is very, it is very odd to have, mm fantastic conversation with people and play these amazing games and then it's just like and then the recordings turned off and it's like you're at home <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> everything about it is kind of like very just like you know literally like i dm'd for nadpod you know yeah. what i mean and there was like months of build-up where i was like planning it and like pouring over every detail and panicking about it and uh, like and then we just we jumped on a zoom <laughs> which I do every single day at the moment. Yeah. We recorded for a couple hours. I said some stuff and then it was just over. Yeah. 
And I've just been sat there just being like having this existential crisis of like, <laughs> it's, it, do you know what it is? It genuinely feels a bit like, it genuinely feels, I, the only thing I can liken it to, and I don't, I don't think it's like as bad to this degree, is like, because there's such a delayed response, it kind of feels like what I imagine being a comedian without an audience would feel like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where there's like, oh, because, and again, I'm very much like, I'm from, I, I'm from a theatre background. Like I've done, you know, I was lucky enough to do like a big sh show tour, mm -hmm. you know, where we, we performed for 19 months on the road, performing to like 2000 plus theatres. And like, you kind of know if you've done well or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they really let you know if you're not, if you're not nailing it today and they, right. but they do let you know if you, if you are nailing it. And then there's just nothing. It's just like radio silence again for another few months. And then, you know, I, I, then I'm just me being a fan of NADPOD listening to the thing. And then they're like, oh, next week we've got a thing with Jasper William Cartwright. And I'm like, <laughs> my whole brain kind of does this weird like glitch in the matrix thing where I'm like, what yeah <laughs> oh right yeah that happened oh my god like then suddenly panicking and then you suddenly get this like flood of audience response and it's just yeah it's just incredibly it's an incredibly strange experience i think yeah uh, and I, I still find it so humbling and so confusing when people like you say like oh yeah i like people in the community are big fans of yours that, that just doesn't it's incredibly humbling to have you know someone as cool as you uh, and other people in the community say that they're fans of our show but also i'm just like but that doesn't feel like is that real <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like yeah. it's why like actually i've been planning a trip to america mm -hmm. uh which i'm now pushing back because of covid obviously yeah um uh but i've been planning this trip to america and i think the part of the reason why i'm so desperate to go and, and and come over to America, a lot of our fans are in over in the states, and I, a lot of the, most of the people we've spoken to and stuff are based over in the states. And there's just like a part of me, uh, and I don't think I've even admitted this to myself. So this is like a, a scoop <laughs> even for me. Yeah, uh, it's just like I'm just so desperate to know that it's real. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. To like know that there's a, even though I know it is, like I've got patrons who give <laughs> us money, and we've got merch that people buy, and you know I can see the amount of people that listen to the show. But there's just something. I just, I want that connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to meet, I want to meet you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like okay, I want to yeah. like, yeah. you know, when it's safe to do so, I want to like give you a hug and be like, <laughs> right, yeah. let's go get a beer and just talk and, and be in real life connection. Yeah. Um, and like, I've met some amazing people, some amazing fans of the show who I'm like, how is someone as amazing as you kind of dedicating portions of your life to listening and to interacting and making fan art and whatever of the show it's it ah, yeah it's amazing yeah it's absolutely amazing yeah it, it really i mean this whole covid thing has done so much to the world uh and it really is amazing and and you know i'm super excited for the time that that becomes a reality because you know mm. hopefully everybody in the world will get their shit together then we can kind of move towards that but um it really That's a big is. Ask, man. <laughs> Asking people to uh, have a basic amount of their of their shit together is a real big ask these days, apparently. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, when you look back, like even a few years back, of you know, like Geek and Sundry, where they could just like all get in a studio together, um, mm. or uh, you know, Critical Role or whatever, or um, Dimension Twenty still has has some of that, um, mm. you know. But I think that there's. It definitely has changed that element of it. And I, I do, in a way, this might also be good because like if it was still in those days where digital play wasn't as big as it was now, like who knows if mm -hmm. those same opportunities would have been available. No, you know what I mean? Definitely not. Yeah. There's no way I think that we 
become what we are without it because we uh you know I, we were able to get like jeff canada uh, christina ariel abria um you know like uh, like and this is like early on like like yeah. lou wilson you yeah. know what i mean yeah. it was like an early guest on our show you know <laughs> Like that's completely bonkers, you know. Yeah. Lou Wilson's the freaking announcer for Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's getting like, that guy what? on the show. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> there's no way you're getting that guy on the show. But I think what it meant was that it made the world so small. Yeah, everyone was like so a so desperate to just talk to new people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people still are, and yeah. and I think that I I, I like the, the one sort of slightly positive spin I have on this is that i do think that thirst for like meeting new people and interacting with new people and having new experiences i think for like anyone that's lived through this experience it's it it's a very weird comparison and i feel slightly uncomfortable making it but it feels like a bit of a post-war mentality of just mm-hmm. like man i just want to celebrate being near people <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what i mean sure. um like i'm not going to be like that guy who cancels plans because i kind of just can't be bothered today you know yeah. like i'm gonna be going out and and the point i'm making is if I like, let's say uh, you are, um, you know, you, you're doing really well in a particular field or whatever, and someone hits you up and goes, "Hey, do you have an hour on Zoom?" Pre-pandemic, no. You're yeah. like, "What? No. Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> like that sounds weird." Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. But thanks for you know your kind words or whatever. Now it's so normal. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, well let me, I don't have to be anywhere till 12. Uh, you got time now? Do you know what I mean? And you just jump on and you do it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, and I think that that's a, that has really been the bedrock of our foundation, the bedrock of our foundation, the bedrock <laughs> of our success. Um, uh, I couldn't decide whether I wanted to say bedrock or foundation. Yeah, that's yeah. clearly what happened. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that without people being, A, being excited about the idea, obviously, but also without like, uh, some people championing championing us very early on. Mm-hmm. There's just no way I don't I don't think that we um, uh, get to where we are now. I just yeah. don't think that you know that would happen. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting, and I think anybody who's like really put themselves uh, through podcasting journey can understand that. <laughs> of just like you never know. Like some days you wake up and you're like, holy shit, you know I have way more listens than i did that you know, how does happen yeah. is there a glitch in the system let me call their tech yes. support like what did you yeah, do yeah, different yeah, yeah. this time yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. uh, you have more listeners like i don't believe you you're a liar something's <laughs> gone wrong uh yeah 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 100 i've been through that i run that gamut daily uh, yeah. at the moment yeah um yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i think one of the other things that i think has happened too which is a benefit to shows like ours where we're talking to people is that because of everything and because of like zoom and everything else becoming something you have to use to communicate like people have invested in better equipment um, yes you know what i mean you can get guests on where most of the time they're going to have a mic of some kind of right? some sort yeah yeah, yeah, yeah uh yeah. they're not talking into their iphone that they put under their sheet um hey man <laughs> look it's not i would no wouldn't recommend it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you know and so yeah i think and and just the resources out there uh to get it and i think now more than ever like for folks who want to do a podcast there's plenty of people you can ask for advice now uh, yeah you know what i mean like and, and i think as well there was so, so much value in a podcast in in, in any and every podcast and I, I i am so so humbled and blessed by the amount of people that listen to our show like yeah. i find it truly unbelievable uh i, I can't wrap my head around it but I was thinking, well, I, I looked, I remember early on, 
I used to look up like, you know, oh, like how many downloads is like a successful podcast or whatever, yeah. right? We've all we've all been there. Um, yeah. And I remember someone saying, and this really stuck with me. And when I looked at my the viewing figures like yesterday, uh, we were recording something yesterday, and I, it, it hit me like a sledgehammer yesterday, which was, um, can you imagine a scenario in which you, Navar, have a microphone, walk outside? And a hundred people gather every week to listen to you. No. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So like, even if you, if you get a hundred downloads, you know, uh, yeah. or a month or whatever, do you know what I mean? Whatever it is, t even 10, yeah. where 10 people were going to gather in a place and listen to you. Yeah. Whatever you have to say. Yeah. Even 10 people. That is wild. Yeah. That's a wild thing. And so... I think that there is there is so much value, even if you don't even if you don't get like, you know, astronomical Joe Rogan or whatever in, you know, level downloads or whatever. 200 he, you know, million or something like that. Yeah, something so, too much. 200 million <laughs> too many. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or any um, true crime podcast. This podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, honestly, the, I regret so much not making Three Black Halflings a true crime podcast. Yeah. We'd be we'd be uh, I'd be on a jet right now probably recording this with you yeah. um I, I, uh, I, not to cut you off but i made i made a uh a detective game a one-page rpg huh and th that was my pitch was like well since i'm not going to sell out and make a true kind podcast here's a detective game that you can play created by me a ttrpg Sweet. podcast that's very cool okay i need to see this man i think this yeah. sounds this sounds fun I yeah i'll send this. it to you but uh but yeah i think uh, uh that uh it's so visualizing it in that way suddenly i think makes you realize the value of what you have mm -hmm. um uh the ability to to speak and to say what you want to say and yeah. uh and having a dedicated audience that will come back and listen and content continue to listen is just massive and i just think what a gift like what an absolute gift um so and now I find it truly mind boggling because I'll go on like the locations thing where I yeah. can see where people are listening from. And I'm like, how in the hell <laughs> did you find out about our show? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know this country existed. And there's someone there <laughs> listening to my voice. Yeah, for sure. Strange. It Very is, strange. It's so cool. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Anytime. I mean, especially like the first time it happened. Um, I think the first like other country was Canada um, mm. because with one of the first people I ever reached out to lives in Canada. Um, and that then, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then England. And then it was just like, it keeps, and you're like, I don't, I literally don't know anybody in Brazil. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm. Or yeah. Um, yeah. Like we I know, Brazil yeah. Yeah. I know one yeah. listener from Australia, but I don't know the other ones that are listening in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just so cool to see, um, to see that. And like you said, I think, you know, it's, it is very easy to, to get into the mindset of like, oh, well, you know, my show is only doing this much. And so it's not a, a success. And I even struggle with that myself because I do want it to be a successful show. But I also know that there are things now that I've done that I would not have been able to do that make what I have done a success. You know what yes, I mean? I got to talk to a communications class about mm. my show and about like what this means for communications. And they use it as an assignment. Like that's insane that's to me bonkers yeah. that's bonkers right yeah um, yeah 100%. you know yeah and uh you know and talking to you guys and like and just being able to like meet 
other people, be invited onto shows, like mm-hmm. uh, DMing for people that I love what they do. Like it, it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, this is a good uh, thing for just people generally. And I struggle with this on a daily basis myself. So, uh, you know, uh, don't be hard on yourself thinking that I'm over here, like doing it all right. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I, I get it wrong all the time, but like, I think it applies to so many walks of life where it's like, you need to be uh, appreciative of the level of success, you know, that, that uh, you have and knowing mm-hmm. that like any, that generally anything that you do to like move forward to advance uh, yourself or your career or your life or your relationships, like that is all success. Nowadays, that especially, it's all success. Yeah. Like there are so many things that want you to slow down, stop, um, you know, or, or give up, you mm-hmm. know, that I think anything that you do is, it should be deemed a success. So like if you get up, record a podcast, you get dressed go to work do a decent halfway decent job like these are these are all successes these are all successes that people need to like just ah yeah okay cool i did something today you know Uh, and i think that's a big thing yeah especially after the last two years my god i know and yeah and the fact that it still keeps going um Mm. Mm. but yeah you know and when it comes to the show because you guys have done um i mean just so many different things like (laughs) is it do you find it hard now to be like do you have a favorite aspect of the show that you enjoy? Because I know you enjoy it all. I don't want to like, mm. take that away. But like, is there one thing that you enjoy the most um, in your oh. variety show as it is? It really is a variety show. <laughs> it really is. Um, mm, is there one thing? I mean, probably still I mean, besides Connie interviews. Yeah, we're always <laughs> Connie, always Connie. Um, uh, probably still guest interviews yeah. and stuff. I the, the actual play is right up there, and I would even go as far to say like the reaction to the actual plays is something that I just think is yeah. Oh man, it just makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Like fan art, people, you know, be like, oh, this this bit, this I was crying, laughing, or you know general reaction to the podcast probably would be my favorite thing but that mm. feels like a cop out of an answer i think <laughs> um so i'm gonna say the guest interviews just because uh i love getting to meet new people i love talking to new people i love uh getting excited with new people i don't think i'm a particularly good interviewer because i talk way too much on interviews but i think that what it means is that like i'm i feel like What's nice is that I'm just my authentic self when mm. I do guests, when I, when I, when I interview people and it's so fun when you vibe with people and yeah. you just, you're just being you and you vibe with someone and you know what I mean? Uh, and you just get a, you just get a real fun, uh, like rapport going. And by the end of like an hour, you feel like, oh man, we're bros. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. or whatever, like, you know, I feel like, man, I just. I just know a Bria now, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, or whoever it is. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think that that part is just uh, so enjoyable. It's just so much fun. And I look forward to them so much. And I'm just like, I wonder what they're going to be like. And I wonder what their, you know, uh, um, what their vibe is going to be, how they, you know, like to, how they talk about certain topics, how they frame certain conversations. I just, there's so many, permutation like so many different ways like interviews can go you know mm-hmm. yeah. we've had some yeah. interviews like the abria one where it's like goes completely off the wall we're talking about like most random stuff um you know whatever and then there's other ones like we had like the zakoyama interview yeah. which was just like so like 
quiet and calm and like and just lovely and wholesome and then there was the the brennan interview still one of my favorites because half is a two hour long interview because he pivots about an hour in i was thinking right time to wrap up and he pivots and starts interviewing us for another hour (laughs) (laughs) and i was like fine well like whatever you're brennan yeah (laughs) yeah exactly who the hell am i shut the hell up jasper let the man do his thing (laughs) um and it was oh it was so it was such a delight um so yeah, I'd probably say guest interviews, but it really is uh, a variety show. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I, I completely disagree with you. I think you and Jeremy are great interviewers, um, and I think, yeah, it really does. You know that that vibe. Um, I think, like for myself, one of the things because obviously my show is all interviews, but like one of my favorite things is getting on with somebody who I've never met and then looking at me and going, and this is what I imagine that they're going in their head is just mm. being like, "Oh, cool, it's a black guy." Like, yeah. like you knew yeah. it, you know what I mean? But you meet and yeah, then I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we're just smiling and we're just excited <laughs> to see each other and like engage mm. in this conversation. I absolutely yeah. love that. Um, I, I think, yeah, we talked ourselves out of that fun because we put three black half like yeah. like could you imagine a scenario in which they turned up and we all weren't like we were all white, <laughs> like then you'd get a funny yeah. face. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Then you'd get a real moment of like, oh, <laughs> uh, what? Are you guys sure you want to go with that name? Have you thought about it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you considered? Um, have you considered? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I think it really is. It's so great. And, uh, um, you know, I'm excited to hear all the stuff that you, know, you guys will have coming out as well. Um, because it, it really is like, you know, just that that vibe, that general just like, you know, let's get to know people and and uh, and figure it out. Um, I think honestly, the, the the vibe for me is just like let's have fun. Yeah, we haven't had fun for a while. You know what I mean? There's yeah. not been a lot of fun. And even when we're discussing serious topics, it's just like, eh, can we have a bit of fun while we do this? Like, is that okay with everyone? Like, does anyone mind if we take the mic and probably say some slightly you know off the wall crazy things? Is that okay? And everyone's like, hell yeah, I need this. Yeah, for <laughs> like sure. I honestly think that's been one of the key ingredients for our show. Is everyone's just been like. Oh, it just feels it's like a bit of catharsis just laughing, you know, even though we're talking about racism or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like baked in racism in yeah. the, in some, you know, and I love the fact that white people can laugh at it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've never like I've never had like a response from white people being like, dude, your show is hilarious. Like and it's not like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable, but I need to listen because it's a part of my education as a white person. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, it's never that, you yeah. know what I mean? It's never like someone pushing themselves through it because they're like, oh God, I have to feel bad because white people are awful. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, it's like, no, I generally find this hilarious and it's really contextualized some stuff for me. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. That's genuinely like, it's key. You know what I mean? That, that, that feel, makes me feel great. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, and it sounds like this was like your first foray into it. So, you know, did you come into it kind of with the sense of an interview style or how do you think that that, like, were you inspired by anybody or anything like that? Was I inspired by anybody? Good question. I watched a bit of like adventuring party and stuff Mm -hmm. that Brennan does over on D20 uh and thought that was kind of cool and to be honest i'm so glad i i kind of did i do i didn't really i don't think we did and i'm so glad we didn't because i think if we'd have looked at the landscape um and this is why i'm so glad that you're here thank you as well uh i looked at the landscape and i was like yo nobody's talking about this stuff yeah everyone's playing it but nobody's talking about it yeah and i think if i'd have looked at the landscape i might have been a bit like 
oh, maybe we should play it too then, because that's what everyone seems to want. And, and you know what I mean? And we still get to do that. And I, and I, but I don't think we'd have been nearly, we'd have done nearly as well if we'd have started out just as an actual play show. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of didn't really, like all of our influences was just on like, is it, is there anything in us as people of color talking about our experiences within fantasy as a genre? Yeah. Is there anything in that? Turns out yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, turns out that it turns out yes, people people dig that. Um and uh I yeah, and I, I've always said it. I'm so glad that I didn't really know much about the TTRPG community before I started. Mm-hmm. Not that I think it would have put me off, but I'd have been I probably would have been like, oh, oh like, you know, uh, Tanya's here, B Dave's here, Christina's here, Abria's here. All right, cool, we're covered. Yeah, yeah, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd have been like, I don't want to step on their toes because they've been fighting this fight for ages and and that is absolutely still the case in that like you know we are we are like uh backing dancers you know Mm -hmm. for some of these people who have done some incredible work um in the community and and really like taken things to another level uh and probably without their hard work we wouldn't have had the ride that we have had Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's a very kind of like on shoulders of giants kind of situation um uh, yeah, I think it would have just been intimidating to have, to have really been like, that's what I want to achieve. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to I want to do inside the actor studio, but for TTRPGs, <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. I'm not I'm not him. You know what I mean? I, I can't do so. Tell me, Navar, where were you born? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that would be so weird for yeah. me. Like I I am way too much of an excitable puppy to possibly pull off that genre. <laughs> no i think it's so good though it's funny like um because you talked about like the difference between the actual plays and the talk shows um it's funny seeing on like other discords and stuff now because i'm in way too many uh and and it's kind of overwhelming Mm. but oh yeah um, absolutely i feel that uh one (laughs) thousand way way too many yeah uh there's some i'm like i don't even i'm not even like i'm in a part of your discord but i am not a part of your discord because i i just cannot even put the energy into trying to figure out how to talk about this stuff it's Um, tough it is tough don't worry i get it (laughs) but yeah but sometimes i'll see people be like oh yeah um i've heard of obelisk or allies and obelisk like that show on three black halflings but i haven't checked out their other show and i'm like how did you Mm. how did you skip that but i think that there is an element of a lot of people really enjoy actual play um and uh, possibly a smaller number in in my opinion enjoy the talk show aspect of it and i'm wondering like do you guys see that difference in your numbers like you mm. know having natural plays have higher downloads than your talk episodes um ooh, i think it tends to be i mean outlaws and Obelisk has been wildly popular actually yeah. i will say that uh the most recent actual play we did has been really 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 popular um i, I don't know whether part of that is like the because it's longer episodes people tend to like do it in chunks Mm -hmm. and so therefore there's like a couple more downloads on them or something like that um but i think that i mean outside of whether one's more popular because i genuinely couldn't tell you for sure yeah i think what is nice is that it feels like there is just something here for everyone yeah you know like whether depending on what like you like it's like uh i think there is something that you can find to enjoy and uh and i quite like that about our you know our brand our, our, our thing that we've made i like the variety aspect of it yeah you know i like the fact that we can wear many different hats and we pivot all the time and we you know can just become uh 
completely different characters uh, at times and uh, and go into completely new uh, areas um, because I think it keeps it fresh and exciting for us as well. You know, we don't ever get to a point where we're just like plodding along and uh, and um, you know taking like taking things for granted. I guess like yeah. wherever we, we're just. Um, yeah, we're just doing it. We're just we're just out here and uh, having fun and doing what is exciting for us, and it's exciting that people respond to that. Yeah, you know? yeah, and um, you know, I asked uh, Jeremy the same question, but I'm curious for, for yourself, like, what are your goals for Three Black Halflings over the next year or or kind of going forward? <sighs> Boy, uh, lofty. I think <laughs> yeah. my goals are um, as they should. I th- just because um, we have had, you know, we we have had such so much success which i wasn't ready for prepared for (laughs) uh anticipating um and it's it's been such a wild ride and but now i'm here i'm like okay this is this is my thing this is like my um you know i i i've always wanted or liked the idea of having like a project a big thing to work on and a big thing to do and i really do like throw myself into these kinds of things. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I put myself wholeheartedly um, behind everything um, that I do. And, and especially if it's something that feels really personal to me. And I just feel like we've got to a point now where, you know, people are wanting this. People are re- like, you know, people are uh, coming to us for things. People are like waiting for the next thing that we do, mm-hmm. you know, and that feels like we've got a bit of responsibility now, you know, this community has lifted us up and, and, and given us a certain degree of success and continues to, to give to give us a certain degree of success. So we have to pay them back by continuing to make the content and, and things like that. And so generally the biggest thing for me is just connect more with the community uh, and um, like continue to serve the agenda that we started the show on, which is uh, just making everyone feel more welcome in the TTRPG space um and anything that we can do to do that uh is like a uh gets usually gets to be like a fun byproduct you know whether that um whether that's just increasing our own visibility and visibility of other creators of color um then that's just like a great thing that we also get to do which kind of you know uh sits well in what we're trying to achieve yeah um uh in terms of any like material like uh things that i'm hoping for i'm definitely hoping to do i want to do a live show uh that would be dope i mean yeah, um, i can see that going off really well yeah 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 uh we're in the process of designing designing some new merch items which are <laughs> yeah next level the next level uh, i'm so excited uh, for those to come out um be seen by people um and uh yeah, I don't know. Just and there's, you know, there's a couple selfish ones in there. I'd love to be on D twenty or something. That would be yeah, wild, right? right? Like that would be a that would be a pinch yourself moment, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, lots of different goals. But to be quite honest with you, it's impossible to predict at this point because yeah. this last year and a half, or yeah, year and a half, has been so beyond my wildest expectations mm-hmm. of achievement that I legitimately can't imagine uh what comes next (laughs) i have no idea i have no idea who knows who the hell knows yeah yeah it's uh it it really is like you look at the time like the timeline of it all and it's it's so cool to see you know especially those big jumps and everything else that comes along with it um 
so yeah, definitely super excited. Would you, mm. would you be interested, like if you could to turning this into a career? Uh, as in podcasting? TTRPGs, podcasting. That TTRPG. Oh yeah. yeah. Hell man. Yeah. Oh, this, this, if this wants to be my full-time job in like a year, two time, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Like I, I don't think I need to feel like that and my kind of creative career as uh, as an actor, a writer or a director or whatever, you know, because I've done sort of various elements of those before and I do really like them. And like I'm currently working in animation, yeah, uh, which is which is very dope uh, in children's animation, um, which is an absolute blessing. And I don't necessarily know that I have to treat those things as mutually exclusive. But yeah. if I get the opportunity to be my own boss and uh, work, uh, you know, work for myself and decide the, the the path that i take uh then that would only that would be legitimately the dream i think that's been the dream since day one is to always be in a place where i can uh be fully autonomous in in the way i sort of live my life and how i um get to create and i think it would enable me to be so much more creative in mm. that i'd have time and space and everything to kind of think around these ideas it's definitely still in a place at the moment where working a full-time job i'm in like okay right now where am i going what am i doing okay right and i'm here and i've got five minutes so it means i can do that and then i can do this and so yeah it'll be nice to get to a point where i can have a bit more space to kind of think and consider and to create uh and everything like that so um yeah definitely excited to see what um uh to see what comes next yeah well i think i think too like in that regard i think a lot of times people get the idea like oh well you're only a successful podcaster if you're like a millionaire or whatever like really Mm. like can you just replace your current salary like could you imagine Mm. enjoying what you do replacing your current salary like that's unbelievable i take that that's definitely a degree (laughs) yeah that's a huge huge degree of success i would be absolutely thrilled yeah. to do that that would be yeah wow yeah absolutely yeah so i you know it's it's definitely um it's so cool to to be able to talk to you and to jeremy and to talk about like that because um i think there are a lot of people out there who are making really amazing projects that if they stick with them can reach um you know some success as well and so to hear um from you guys just like whether or not the steps that you take or or just your attitude towards it all um i think is so invaluable to everybody um that listens i hope so you know Uh, (laughs) i definitely yeah i hope so yeah um have you ever like designed games or has that ever been any kind of yeah it's definitely definitely been on my mind before i love I love anything to do with kind of like uh, world building. And I've since doing the show, I've gotten so into mechanics and mm-hmm. the way that mechanics work and, and how and everything like that. Um, I always think that the, what I would love to do probably I've never thought of myself as a producer, but I've realized um, that I think producing or sort of directing are my wheelhouses because I think of myself as a, facilitator yeah first first and foremost in that like i always think there are better people at the the jobs like the the, the you know the, than me mm. like jeremy is better at like a lot of things you know in terms of uh you know like dming and mechanics and and all that kind of stuff and so like if i was to create something i think the idea of producing it pulling it all together getting people involved to know better than me but kind of orchestrating the whole thing and kind of achieving a vision um, which either I or, or the sort of the creative team have and and being the the kind of uh, the 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 person steering the ship mm-hmm. uh, is something that I think 
that's where I feel like I, I can I can excel and 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 that kind of thing. So I definitely imagine you know like my absolute dream would be like the three backpack halflings basically becomes like a creative studio or a creative space in which we get to create whether it be games, um, you know, whether it be shows, uh, podcasts, whatever it is. You know, yeah. Uh, I think I would I would adore doing that just just for the opportunity to get to bring in uh you know all these incredibly talented people that i've got to meet and um and 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 see what they can achieve you know all in a all in a room together i think it'd be uh be like a pleasure of a lifetime i think to, yeah. to be able to do that yeah. yeah sounds like magic for sure i hope so i hope <laughs> so man <laughs> very cool well um yeah um i mean unless you want to do that bit you were talking about then uh we can go ahead and wrap it up Oh yeah, the bit, the bit. <laughs> no, it's basically just I once had this really uh, funny encounter with uh, my uncle had an older uh, friend, uh, well, older than me at the time. Uh, I think he was probably in his thirties or whatever at the time, and um, I uh, rocked up after school. I had a lot of sugar. I was in secondary school, and no, was I in secondary school? Yeah, I think I was in secondary school. I was about to go to college, I think. Um, and I'd started to have a little bit more interaction with black people generally. I'd been hanging out with lots of my friends from uh, Croydon, uh, which is up sort of near London, mm. uh, which obviously just a much more diverse area. Yeah. Um, and so had started to embrace my blackness a little bit more. And I went over to my uncle's house and he had this black friend and I don't know what came over me. I lost myself completely. Uh, and I just walked up to him and was like, what's up, my N-word? <laughs> And there was such a look on his face that I really was like, oh my God, he's going to punch me. I'm going to get punched and I deserve it. You know what I mean? I'm going to get punched and I deserve it. It was a really humbling moment for me as a teenager. Uh, But he absolutely grabbed my hand and was like, yes, my man, and brought it in. He understood that I needed to... I needed that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. I think it would have been truly crushing for me if he'd have been like, never speak to me. Again. <laughs> like it would have been, you know what I mean? Which he would have been absolutely yeah, within his right sure. to do. Um, but yeah, man, <laughs> that was a, whew, boy, that was a risky, risky moment. That was, that was, that felt like I was running off the end of a cliff yeah. and then just went, oh, I don't have a parachute. Where did I put the, oh, it's up there. Right. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was the, yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very cool. I think, I think, um, most everybody who listens to my show knows where to find you, but just in case if you, uh, you know, where can folks find you in, in the show? Hell yeah. Uh, it's three black halflings everywhere. Um, and, um, uh, just yeah, type in three black halflings wherever you get podcasts, and you can find us on like Twitter and stuff at three uh, at three uh, black halflings, uh, the number three black halflings. Um, but if I may, uh, this someone did this for us, and I loved it, and I was like, it, it was very cool, and so I feel like uh, I'm gonna start. I want to try and start a habit of passing it on, yeah. which is that if anyone uh, here who is listening to this currently is listening to this because they knew I was going to be on the show uh, is, and you're from three black halflings. You have to stick around. Please subscribe uh, to the secret nerd podcast because uh, Navarro is an awesome dude. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to him uh, a few times now. And yeah. I, uh, this won't be the last I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if there is anyone here from three black halflings, please subscribe and continue to support this uh, awesome creator. Cause they're going to be uh, doing some amazing stuff in the future. I'm sure. So um, it's well worth sticking around. Thank you so much i appreciate that 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Thank you.